0: Welcome to Working for Women, the Independent Women's Forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hello, I'm Hadley Heath Manning, Director of Health Policy at the Independent Women's Forum. Today, I'm here with our very own Carrie Lucas, Managing Director at IWF, and we're going to be discussing some policy issues that relate to mothers. We're in the season of celebrating mothers. So Carrie, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Hadley. Yeah, this is an important time of year where we we, uh, remember how important our moms are, and uh, it's also the time of year where sometimes we start to hear lawmakers talking about how they want to help moms, especially moms who work. So one thing, Carrie, have you seen this map of the whole world, and it looks like the United States is way behind because unlike most first world developed countries, we don't have a paid maternity leave mandate. Have you seen those maps?
1: I sure have. I'm very familiar with it.
0: Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people and and young women, especially, I've seen my Facebook friends sharing this map. They look at the map and they think, wow, how can the United States be so behind? How can we be so, you know, backward when it comes to paid maternity leave mandates? So I wanted to ask you about that first for moms and for women who are expecting. Why don't we have these uh, benefits mandate as a part of our legal system? Why don't we have that in the United States?
1: Well, you know, the first, I think the simple answer to that is that um, Americans have long trusted that the American people uh, ought to be free to design the employment contracts that they think make the most sense um, for them. Uh, That means that we let employers offer people jobs and decide what kind of benefits um, will go with that. I think it's important when we remember what an employment mandate is. Is it makes it illegal for a business to offer a, a, a worker, um, even a willing worker, um, a job that doesn't contain this this one thing? So you know, in some ways, there would be an incredible limitation of women's options to say, no matter what you, no matter what you prefer, um, you can't have a job that doesn't have this kind of benefit. Um, and that's particularly important when you understand that there's always going to be trade-offs between more generous benefit packages. And um, compensation, when an employer goes to hire a worker, um, that employer thinks about the, the total cost of, of keeping that person on payroll. That includes taxes, it includes the cost of health care, and it includes things like paid leave. So when you mandate something like that an employer has to provide paid leave, that means that the amount of money that that employer can provide for for pay for the, the money in your pocket, that goes down. Um, so really, this is that makes the world a little bit less flexible. Um, so uh, so really, this is about um, Americans believing the American system, relying on believing in this limits of government and allowing people greater freedom to make choices um, that make sense for th- themselves.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, especially given how important and how valuable that flexibility that you mentioned can be, especially for women. Um, but I know you don't even live in the U.S. right now, Carrie, right? Like you live in in Europe, and a lot of the European countries have these mandates. Is it? I mean, is it really a big deal? Does it do any harm?
1: Well, you know, absolutely. There's certainly, you know, when you when you think about this, what about the trade-offs between um, a paid leave system and um, um, and one like we have it in the United States? It's very easy when when kind of people show that map and point out this idea that oh, it's so terrible that the United States one of the few countries in the world that, that doesn't have um, this generous paid leave mandate. Well, well, that's you know, there's certainly some benefits, and a lot of people. I see a lot of moms um, who get to take six months off after having a baby, and they get to kind of take it easy and en- enjoy that newborn. And it's easy to feel, feel a little bit jealous of them. Um, but um, but then we have to look at the other side of the coin, and there's a lot of drawbacks to that. It's not just that that there's an incredible amount of, of taxes that go into having to support. that that paid leave and the time off and the the programs that um, provide European women with that support, even when they aren't um, uh, working. Um, But it also changes expectations about female workers. I mean, if you, someone like me, I've had five kids in the last 10 years. Um, If you were an employer and you were looking at me when I was, Newly married and hadn't had any kids yet, and if somebody would, would might look at me and say, "Boy, you know, if she starts having kids, um, she's going to disappear for a really long time." I don't, I don't think I want to trust her for to be in this leadership position, um, and uh, and I think that a lot of European women do feel that they feel that they're overlooked, that they um, that bosses um, think they might be about to leave the workforce, um, or leave their their jobs, and leave them in kind of a. Um, tough spot without, um, without somebody to fill that role, so it does, and, and you'll see um, statistics the OECD um, has statistics comparing the number of, of women that are in leadership positions or in management positions, and women, uh, European women are much less likely than um, women in the U.S. to, to be in, in managerial positions, so there is definitely a cost to this in terms of economic opportunities.
0: Wow, and that's a, that's an interesting point you make because I think often people are just looking at one side of the ledger. They're not looking at the cost. They're not looking at the the consequences. But one thing that you said really stood out to me, Carrie, and I don't know if our listeners know, but you said you've had five kids in the last ten years, and so it's that you've had some personal experience with being a working mom. So how have you made this work for you, especially during your maternity time when you've you've given birth to a new baby, welcomed a new baby to your family? How, How have you made it work?
1: You know, it's, it, it's really interesting. Obviously, um, you know, I've worked for, I'm really lucky because I work for the Independent Women's Forum and we are, um, an organization that believes in, in flexibility and, and working with women to, um, um, to help balance, um, work and, work and family. So I know that I'm kind of in a, a very fortunate position. Um, but I've had a variety of different maternity leave s- situations. Sometimes I've, I've taken off a, a few weeks. Um, but other times I've worked with, um, with my, um, bosses and colleagues to negotiate something else, recognizing that they have needs too, um, and that um, that I can uh, continue to contribute um, and do some work online, uh, but with the understanding that I'm going to be stepping back for a while when my when I have a, have a newborn and kind of um, are recovering from um, from you know, having given birth. And I think it's just back and forth these conversations and and this idea that um, the people should be able to find. Um, find solutions and find flexible arrangements that make makes sense for them. I think that's often lost in the conversation about paid leave mandates. Because you know, as you know, you know, I'm a mom of, of five kids, and I've had um, I recognize the needs of working mothers. But I'm also somebody who's I'm kind of involved in the the management system at IWF, so I also have to think as a boss and as somebody who knows. The bottom line of a very small organization and have to, to think about things from, from that point of view. And I know that if somebody's going to take off for, for months at a time, um, it's, it can be tough. It can be tough as a small business figuring out how to make ends meet when somebody's away, how to bear the extra costs of finding a replacement for that worker, how to shift responsibilities and not drive your coworkers, <laughs> the coworkers crazy. Um, so there's a lot of considerations that go into this. And that's why I think we should be really cautious about about thinking about government coming in and imposing a one size fits all solution. Um there are better ways to help women who are in need and the the women we really worry about who have lower incomes and we need to to kind of let the let let people trust people to figure out um, other situations that'll make sense for them. and I think it's important because when when we we think about that map and that um it looks so terrible about the United States not having this uh, a paid maternity leave mandate, that doesn't mean that the paid maternity leave doesn't exist. In fact, most full-time um, workers have access to paid leave benefits. About 8 in 10 workers have access to some kind of paid leave. Um, this doesn't mean that we have all the, the leave we want and it's a perfect situation, um, but overwhelmingly, most businesses think this is, is a, something that Employees value. They think it's good for retaining workers, and so they offer that that benefit. Um, and you know, we need to be real careful before we kind of trump uh, the the decisions that are being made by um, you know 100 million American um, workers and create a one size fits all program for everyone.
0: Yeah, so I, th- I think that's like a common fallacy that if the government doesn't mandate something or the government doesn't provide something, people start to assume that it doesn't exist or that it's not widespread or available to, to a lot of people. So that happens all the time. We talk about uh, universal health care, universal daycare, universal paid maternity leave mandates. I mean, just because the government isn't enforcing a law that says everybody has to do this the same way doesn't mean a lot of people aren't doing it already in various ways. But I think people who support paid leave mandates generally are just concerned about women. I think it comes from a, a good intention. And maybe they're especially concerned uh, for low-income women or women who have low skills, women whose employers might not think that it's worth it to offer them you know, a generous maternity leave package because they're more easily replaceable in the workforce, um, and, and women who might have trouble making ends meet when they do take time off uh, or if they choose to take time off after the birth of a baby. So, Carrie, this may be a tough question, but how can we Better support those women who are in those difficult situations who face a real financial hardship uh, because of a pregnancy.
1: Yeah, you know, and I think this is this is the real question that we should be grappling with because um, you know when you talk about women who have have educations, who have um, who are earning higher higher wages, and um, we have a lot of choices, and nobody should be. Um, Uh, should be concerned about, about um, how we're going to make these decisions because we're perfectly capable of making decisions for ourselves of, of putting my only only um, concern
0: for women, like for for women like that is that they might lose the ability to make those decisions. Right. If we have somebody making those decisions (laughs) for us, right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're no, you're exactly right. But but I do think when, we, when you think about who it is that we should be worrying about, it's that single woman um, who is um, you know pregnant and doesn't have a, p- a partner to help her during that that the time um, if she has to take take time off. Um, it's it's somebody who's struggling with with low income and not enough benefits, and that's why I would encourage policymakers to look at how we can do something to expand the earned income tax credit program designed to give people a boost, a financial boost um, for workers who are, who are again, working, but um, aren't earning that much so that they um, have more money in their pocket, are more able to, to make ends meet and to support themselves and their families. Um, And something like that really could come in as a, um, as a a way to replace people's wages. If they have to take off um, two months following the birth of a child, Um, that would be something like that I think could, could help, provide financial assistance assistance but without changing the economic opportunities that are available to that worker because as, as you said I think a lot most people have really good intentions when they think about programs to help people but when they target when they make these sweeping decisions about how we're going to treat women um, it can make women look like less attractive um, workers um, and um, you know we can all say that Oh, companies aren't supposed to think like that, but human nature is human nature. And and um, you know, as an employer, I, I would certainly be aware of the idea of what the cost would be, or if I if I knew that. All, uh, anybody who had a baby was going to disappear for six months, that's, you know, that's definitely something that would affect how people um, uh, um, think of prospective employees, and that's, that, you know, that's, that creates real problems for women. That's not the step in the right direction or the direction of, of women's equality and women's empowerment. Instead, I think we should be trying to, to help those in need, provide a real safety net, but otherwise trust women to make decisions based on, on their own self-interest and their own priorities um and you know try give us a little more credit and a, and a little more trust that we can um, make sensible decisions um, on our own.
0: Yeah, that sounds really good to me. I would, you know, I like the idea of being able to sort of chart my own path in life and, uh, you know, pick and choose among the various trade-offs and choices and options that I have as a working woman today. Um, Carrie, is there anything else uh, about this topic that you think is important to highlight or um, sort of a, a wrap up or last notes for our listeners? I, I'm sure they've really gotten a lot out of this conversation. It's nice to have an adjustment in our perspective that also takes into account how some of these good-sounding ideas can have bad consequences. But is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, no,
1: I think that that's, that's what I'd like to close with. It's just this idea that we need to think about making sure that um, that we protect this idea of, of um, women's economic opportunities. Um, because it's oftentimes it sounds like we're being real generous um, by, by providing additional benefits that are aimed at women. But in fact, if you're raising the, the expected cost of hiring a woman... You could be really doing her no favors, and that's why we should really be um, focused not on, on making huge um, huge stereotypes or blanket programs to, that benefit all women or are supposed to benefit all women, but really focus on helping. If we're going to do something, we should be targeting it at those who really do need the help um, and figuring out ways to make it so that they don't lose job opportunities in the process, because that's absolutely critical um, for many women, particularly those with low incomes. That's the most important um, financial support for for their future, and really, what's going to determine determine their um, their well being moving forward?
0: Yeah. So maybe next time we all look at that map of the world, and we see the United States is highlighted in red as a supposed boogeyman for not having a paid leave mandate, we can just keep in mind that what that really illustrates is that the United States is the only developed country who continues to trust and trust women with their own decision-making in the workplace, their own negotiating for their own compensation, their own value uh, in the workforce. So that's something to celebrate, actually, and not something to to be concerned about. But, uh, Carrie, I want to thank you so much for being our guest today. I really appreciate uh, what you've had to say. Thanks so much for having me on, Hadley. Yeah, and for our listeners, we've written extensively about these issues, the issue of paid maternity leave, paid maternity leave mandates at the Independent Women's Forum, our website, is IWF.org, so I'd encourage you to go there, visit, and read more if you're interested. I appreciate your time for listening to this podcast, and to all the mothers out there, especially my own mother, I want to say thank you so much. We're celebrating you in the season of Mother's Day, uh, and we wouldn't be able to do what we do without your support. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or Stop by IWF.org for similar content.